Glad you're here as always. Glad you made the effort to be here today. I want to encourage you every week, as we do every week, uh, invite somebody to join you. Think about somebody to join you next Thursday, uh, the week of Easter. I want to encourage you to be here for, for our men's power lunch. If you notice on the, car, on the table, there are some cards inviting you to our Easter service. If you do not have a home church to attend on Easter Sunday, we want to encourage you to, to join us at the Wilbarger Auditorium. Uh, invite somebody to join you, and we're looking forward to it in, in all of our churches, uh, preaching and hearing about and celebrating a risen and resurrected Savior uh, next Sunday, Easter Sunday. So I uh, want to encourage you in that. Today we're going to continue, uh, we're going verse by verse to the book of 1 Peter, a letter written to Christians who are being persecuted, to Christians who have really been pushed out of their, uh, of their home nation because of their belief in Christ. And, and we're going verse by verse to it, looking at what, what God's teaching us through his living word. Today we're going to talk about, uh, for us today in 2017, how to have a credible faith. How to have a credible faith. Faith, And I'll just tell you, the problem of today is that many people, and I think it's the culture that we're living in, uh, many people today and many institutions are not credible. Uh, you cannot put your faith in them. You cannot trust them. And that's, that's the reality of the world we're living in. Institutions today, they're not credible. Pro politicians today, they're not credible. People today are not credible. You cannot say, you know what, this is a bedrock institution. This is a bedrock person, and I can put my trust in them. Instead, we live in an age where a whole bunch of people today are two-faced. Uh, they'll say this thing, but they'll go and they'll do this thing. Or they'll say this thing over here, but you catch them somewhere else and they're saying something entirely different. And we see it over and over and over again. We live in an age uh, where there is a crisis of credibility. In our context, uh, in the world that we live in as Christians, I'm just talking about our world, maybe our state, the area that we're in. In our context, uh, I'll just tell you, I believe as Christians, our biggest problem is not that the gospel is not able to be heard. So there are some areas where the gospel is not readily available, where it's not able to be heard. I believe in our context, our biggest problem is not that the gospel is not able to be heard. I believe our biggest problem is that the gospel, due to us, due to our lives, is not able to be believed. And I think many times when it comes to our faith, we're also in a, a credibility crisis. Let me just tell you, that if your life, and this is what we've been seeing all the way as we've been studying in God's Word, if your life, and if my life, and if our lives are not drastically changed by our faith in Christ. Uh, we can talk about it all that we want. We can use big words. We can preach about it till we're blue in the face, but it is not credible. The Bible says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away, and it says this, Behold, which means this, take a look. The new has come. The challenge is, in Christ, we're a new creation uh, take a look. The old is gone, it's passed away, and the new has come. Well, I'll just tell you today, uh, when we look at our lives as people professing Christ, and we see that the old has not passed away, but is alive and well, and we see that the new has not come, there's not evidence of the new, our faith is not credible. Well, here in 1 Peter, in the second chapter, Peter says, here is how to have a credible faith. It's, we're going to look at one simple verse, verse 17, a short verse, and it says this. 
Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Listen to verse 17 again. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Remember last week, uh, we looked at verse 16. I'm going to read verse 16 again. I believe it ties to our verse, verse 17. Listen to verse 16. It says this. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. And that's where we left off last week. Very ironic statement, really. Uh, it's a hard statement sometimes for us to, to live out. But it means this. As Christians, we're free but we're free to live as slaves. We're free as Christians, but we're to use our freedom to live, as the Bible says, bond servants of God. Now think about that. We are free to submit to God. That's what we're to use our freedom for. We're, we're free to serve God, and we're free to live for God. We're, we're free to live for His cause and for His purpose. And, and really this means this. We're free the Bible says if you're free, if the son is such a free, you're free indeed, but we're free to live as slaves. And I'll just tell you, that's really the Christian life. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now let me just tell you, that the, the, the truth of this is this. If you, in the pattern of your life, are still being led by your logic and your desires and your plans, the biblical truth is you're not in Christ. You know, that's a hard truth. You know what? If, if, if the pattern of your life is about you and your desires and your plans and you operate according to your logic, you are not in Christ. Very simply, you're not saved. The Bible says, you know what? There is a change, and the Bible even challenges, behold, take a look at the new that has come. The truth is this. There is a way to have a credible faith. Very practically today, we're going to see what Peter says, what God says in his word, this looks like. To have a credible faith, a believable faith, even an observable faith. I'm going to go through verse 17 piece by piece. It says this. You want to have a credible faith? First thing, honor all people. Honor all people. The word, the word for honor means to give respect or to esteem or to ascribe value to. If you honor somebody, you give value to somebody. So honor, to give respect, to ascribe value. Then it says all people, all people. It's, it's talking here to believers, but it's not applying this only to believers. It's talking about all people. As Christians, we're to give value, we're to give respect to all people. Not just the people that we like, not just the people that are like us, but all people. And I'll just tell you, especially the ones we do not like. Especially the ones that do not look, act, think like us. Now think about that for just a second. Why would we honor all people? You know what, some people it seems like they're not deserving of honor. Some people, it's like they forfeited their honor. Why would we as Christians honor all people? It's because of this. The Bible says all people are made in the image of God. Look at our world today. We tear people down. 
Our culture, man, we tear people down. We're looking for the worst in everybody. You look around somebody and you go around and, and here's their problem and here's their issue and we're looking to tear them down. And you know what? If I can't find enough wrong with them, I'll start making up stuff that's wrong with them so I can tear them down. We tear people down. That is our culture. That's how, we, that's how we operate today. Well, let me just tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that's not to be so in the life of a Christian. As Christians, we honor all people. There's no place in the life of a brethren, of a, of a Christian for prejudice. There's no place for slander. There's no place for favoritism. There's no, there's no place for hatred of any person. We do not discriminate as Christians against race, nationality, economic status, education, but instead we do this. We honor all people because they're made in the image of the living God. Let me tell you what the world says. The world says, don't come and tell me for God so loved the world. Don't come and tell me about a Savior that died for all people when I look at you and you have no use for most people. It's not right. It's not credible. As Christians, we honor all people. To not do that's a sin. First thing it says, honor all people. Second thing, to have a credible faith, it says this, love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Now, let me explain that. The brotherhood's talking about Christians, talking about us as brothers in Christ. Really, it's talking about females as well, but it's talking about Christians. Love the brotherhood. Love each other as Christians. We honor all people, we respect all people, but the command is this, as Christians, we love each other as followers of Christ. Let me read some verses. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking, he says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus says here, you know what? The world tears each other down. The world tears each other up. How they're going to know that the gospel is credible, how they're going to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ is because that we would do the opposite of the world and we would love one another as Christians. First John, and you might not want to read First John right off the bat. First John's even tougher. It says this. If you claim to love God, but you do not love your Christian brother, you're a liar. The love of God is not in you. In fact, you don't even know the God that we serve. As Christians, we love one another. Now, let me just be honest with you. You know what? Sometimes we're different. Sometimes we have differences. Sometimes there are hard issues to address. All the time, people fail. People mess up. People let us down. But you know what the biblical command is? As Christians, love preempts everything. We are to love one another. I look at those verses and I, I see something in those verses. Notice this. If these verses mean what they, what, they, what they profess to mean here, love has to be an action. You see, you can't command an emotion. It's not an emotion. Well, we should love one another and we should have this, this warm feeling towards each other. It's not talking about that because you can't command an emotion for somebody, but you can command an action. This is talking about an action. You know what? Put it into action. As Christians, we're to love one another. Verse goes on. It says, you want to have a credible faith? We're to honor all people. We're to love each other as Christians. Then it says this. We're to fear God. We are to fear God. The Greek word 
has two meanings attached to it. And really, I'm not sure you can discern which, which meaning it is. I think probably both meanings are tied together. One of, one of the meanings is to revere, to respect. If you fear electricity, you want to go put your finger in there? No, I respect that. I, I have a, a reverence for that electricity. But you know what? It also has the meaning to just flat fear. You know, it says fear. It actually means to fear. Today, we go around and, and, and we, we preach on the Old Testament, we preach on the New Testament, and we want this to be easy for people. And so maybe we lessen this down and say, you know what, we're supposed to, to respect God. And we're supposed to have this, this respect for Him and we're to show it in how we live. And that's absolutely true. And it makes us feel better about this verse. But you know what, the verse actually says we should have a healthy fear of God. I was thinking about worship. Worship means that you give God his place knowing your place. And we think it's, maybe it's a song. It's not, it's not really about music. Worship is how you live, how you're obedient, how you give to your church, how you serve in your church, how you sing in your church, how you preach in your church. All of that goes back to the fact that I know who God is and I'm astounded by who God is and I know who I am as a sinner and I give God his place. That's what worship is. Well, I just want to tell you, if, if, if God is a joke to you, if God is some genie that you turn to when you need something from him, if, if God is, 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 is an entity that you can just shut out and, and say, you know what, I'm not concerned with God, but when things get bad, I'll, I'll flip him back on like a light switch. That's not our God. Truth is, our God created everything. Look around. If it exists, he created it. He sustains everything. Everything is held together in the palm of his hand. If it's going to exist tomorrow, it's going to exist because he desired it would exist. He is over all things. He has authority over all things. He is all powerful. There's nothing he can't do. He's all knowing. He knows all things. The Bible says he is a mighty God. I want to tell you, we are to be in awe of that. Practically, what does that mean? It means this. If I fear God, here's what I think this looks like. It means I consider Him in all things. It doesn't mean I shrink away in fear from Him. It means this. I understand who He is and the magnitude of who He is and what He's done and what He's doing. And because of that, I consider God in all things. I consider God in every choice that I'm going to make. I consider God in every decision that I'm going to make. I consider God in any action that I'm going to undertake. I consider God, and I consider what he has said and what he desires. I consider God. That's, that's a fear for God. How many of us say, well, I know who God is, but I'm going to do my own thing. I, I know who God is, but I'm going to go my own way. How many of us say this? And we're not going to probably say it with our mouths, but we're going to say it with how we live. You know what? God can get over it. You know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. And he'll, he'll forgive me for it later, but God can get over it. Absolutely not. That's not how we live. We fear God and we consider God. Am I going to enter into this action? No. I serve a living God. Is this what I'm going to do in my marriage? No. I serve a living God. And I consider him in every part of my life. Let me just tell you this. I believe, you can disagree, I believe the biggest part of our credibility problem as Christians is we've lost our fear of God in our culture today. In our homes, in our marriages, 
our, our jobs, our language that looks like the world. Our, our homes aren't distinguishable from the world. Our marriages, we, we treat our wives the way the, the lost man treats his wife. Our finances, they look like the world. Our, 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 our decisions, they look like the world's decisions because we're not considering the living God. We do not have a fear of God. You know what? You want to have a credible faith? The Bible says, fear God. Consider him in all things. The last thing it says is honor the king. Honor the king. Really, if, you, if we read the whole chunk together, it goes back full circle. And it comes back to where we started a couple weeks ago. As Christians, we submit to the authority of our government. Now, if our government leads us to sin, of course, we're not going to follow that. But you know what? The Bible says a good leader and a bad leader both are appointed by God. And they're in the hand of God. And he uses bad leaders sometimes to bring a good result. And so you know what? As Christians, we honor him by honoring and submitting to our government. We honor the leaders of our government. The Bible says we pray for them. And that is the evidence of a changed heart and a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 17 together now. You know what? Verse 16, you're free, but you're free to live as a slave and to put God as, your, as the determining factor in your priority set. And it says this, verse 17, honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. All of that sounds pretty harsh. Let me tell you a couple things about all that. First, understand this. That's not there to punish us. That's not there to punish you. That's not there to, to grind you up. That is there to bless you. And the, the best thing you could do is to say, you know what, I, I'm going to start to honor all people. I don't, I don't agree with all these people, but I'm going to honor all people. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love my fellow Christian the way that God loves them. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to revere, and I'm going to have a healthy fear of God, and I will not make a decision that goes against him. I'm going to fear him, and I'm going to respect him in my home, in my marriage, in my church life, in my work life. You know what, I'm going to submit to my government because it points to Jesus Christ. That is a blessing for you. That's a blessing for me. That's the best way your home's going to operate. Second thing is this. It's, it's not a curse. It's a blessing for us. Second thing is this. It points to our gospel and the credibility of it. And it points to our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what? If, there's a, if there was a bunch of men and they said, you know what? I, I'm going to look different in the world. I'm going to honor Somebody, because they're built in the image of God, I believe he created them. You know what, I'm going to love my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's how I'm going to operate. You know what, I'm going to consider God, and I'm going to respect him and, and consider him and fear him in every decision. You know what, I'm, I'm going to submit and operate in the culture that the way I have to because it points to Christ. You know what, people might stop to step back and say, you know what, there's a change in them. You know what, I, I knew him, and now I see now how they live, and it would point to the truth of a credible gospel. Here's the good news. Where we've been off track, God will forgive us. Don't want to don't close and not say that. You know what? We've messed up. We have messed up and we have messed up. God will forgive us. We confess that sin. He'll forgive it right now. Second thing is this. He's not setting a standard. He's not going to empower us to live. He will lead us. The power of the Spirit of God inside us will lead us. His Word will direct us. And he guides us moving forward. What that means is this. We can draw a line today. You may have come in here to eat enchiladas but you can come in here today and say, well, I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave forgiven for where I've messed up and walking in a credible faith led by the word of God. Greatest thing that could happen in Vernon, Texas, 86 men walked out and said, you know what? we're not looking like this anymore. We're going to look like the standard God has set for us. 
I'm going to ask if you'll stand all these in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Glad you were here today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and I'm thankful for you. We praise you today. We worship you. We're thankful for the truth of your word that you teach us through it. We're thankful for the, the spirit of the living God that lives in us as Christians that empowers and guides, sometimes convicts. We're thankful for that. We come today and I tell you, I am sorry. We are sorry. Dear God, forgive us where we've slandered your gospel through living in a way that doesn't match it. Forgive us where we've taken up our cause instead of your cause. Forgive us when we've looked more like the world than, than, than the, the God, the, the Savior that set us free from the things of this world. But don't leave us like that. Empower us to turn. Empower us to live differently. Help us to have a credible faith, not for us, not for our glory, not to work for our salvation, but to point to my Savior, Jesus Christ, that the world will see there is a living and risen and reigning Savior, and his name is Jesus. Let it be for that impact. Let it be for your glory. I pray for the men in this room right here. Bless them. Teach them. Encourage them. Empower them. And let us turn and head back out into a messed up world looking like our risen Savior, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.